Well, the Warriors may or may not be in trouble. One thing's for certain is they're just a game above 500. They have a three-game losing streak, and questions abound regarding whether or not the current lineups, the current players are good enough if the Warriors want to be world championship contenders again. I got Greg Silver joining me. We're going to discuss all that and so much more next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. In fact, YouTube's our exclusive home for all our live shows. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow Greg Silver on threads at Greg O. Silver. That's Greg, the letter O, and Silver. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on threads as well at Dog Wild. Uh, Greg, I know threads is blowing up because I'm, I'm already starting to block people that platform is exploding. <laughs> the same old frivolities are, are happening there now. Greg, great to see you, man. The Warriors are suffering right now. They're in a three-game losing streak. There's discussions about who to blame. There's discussions about whether or not this whole thing is overblown. What is your immediate reaction? Is it, is it panic time? Is it too soon? Your thoughts on the Warriors' current struggles. And great to see you, man. How the hell are you? I'm, it's good to see you too, Sai. I uh, feel like I haven't done the show in quite a bit, and a lot's changed in just a short amount of time, so uh, happy to be back as always. And uh, yeah, you know, I guess I'll open the show by just saying that I uh, said on threads that this is kind of a Warriors therapy session, and I'm committed to trying to bring some like calming and optimistic energy, of course, while being realistic all at the same time. And I think the first thing that I want to say uh, is that I don't have a problem at all with what Steve Kerr said in the post game yesterday about not being very concerned. And I think that we just happen to take it very differently. And like, you know, I love you. I love, we can just go back and forth. We can agree. We can disagree good and content. not want to block each other on threads. So that's always good content. Fun. If we do it, uh, yeah, it is good content. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and I think that what I would just respond to, cause it's not just you, it's kind of a larger feeling that, I've seen get sprouted out with the fan base, which is that I don't really know where this notion of Steve Kerr not being willing to budge and getting so stuck in his ways really came from in the first place. I would say that of this whole run, rotational adjustments and mid-series adjustments have been two major cornerstones for how they got probably three of those championships. I would say mm -hmm. 2017 was maybe a rare exception where it's the first year of Kevin Durant and they were just so dominant and they didn't really have to stress out in the playoffs. They went 16 and one. And the one game they lost was with a three Oh lead in the finals. So, you know, on top of that, they've always in this regime thrived off of not hitting the panic button. And that is especially important before they got that first title, before they reached the top of the mountain saying, I can do it. We have the championship DNA. We know how to complete this run and nobody can stop us now. Last year, of course, was very weird. It was very dissatisfying in proportion to what we've become used to. Uh, and I think that it was a weird exception. The Warriors didn't start very well. They couldn't win on the road. They were always playing uphill. 
Oh, and by the way, the only people that could be productive as a unit was ironically compared to the first 11 games this year, that's starting five. Right. There was just a lot of weirdness going on. The chemistry was terrible. And I don't think last year's a great representation of what this coaching staff is, what the player leadership is. And the bottom line is if you're dominant in sports, like the Warriors were at the beginning of this run, you're not going to stay dominant forever. Now that doesn't mean you can't go and win titles. That doesn't mean that you can't stay good, but the days of things being easy are over. And when I look at the last couple games, the first three losses, I was actually completely okay with the last two were a lot more frustrating to watch, but the bottom line is the Cavaliers are a really good defensive team. Minnesota is actually playing really, really well to start the season and the Warriors didn't play well. Like it was that simple. And if you're going to be an undersized team that relies on speed and pace and shooting, and you can't shoot the ball outside of Draymond Green, who's had a bit of a revival, and then your one source of major offense and Steph Curry, you're probably going to lose those games against teams that have more size and more length. And that's kind of what's happening here. So I'm not really willing to panic yet. I think it's really frustrating and I get the frustration, but I don't see how we could all go from even when losing to the Nuggets, like, wow, this team is very much back. The energy is there. This is good. I'm feeling happy and really enjoying this to all of a sudden this isn't working and it's broken. I think we have plenty of signs this year in the first 11 games that are reasons to be optimistic and we can get into those throughout the show. And then of course there are a couple real concerns that need to be addressed as well. But overall, I'm not freaking out. It was a frustrating couple of losses. Uh, you know, they should be able to perform better at home, but That's they got to figure some things out and they haven't really been able to practice until now after that long road trip. So yeah, That's kind of what we got. Real fast, I just before I forget, uh, Val brings up how we were one pick away, the Warriors, from uh, drafting uh, Anthony Edwards. I want to add to that. The Warriors actually could have gotten him. Minnesota wanted to shop that pick. That is one of my uh, many frustrations is that the war and, and Steve Kerr, I'm sorry, Anthony Edwards brought this up over the summer. He said what Steve Kerr told him was that we were never going to draft you because of your work ethic, which was a concern. I mean, those reports were out there. Um, but again, you can go play the hindsight game all day long, but it kills me that the Warriors could have had them. And Hey, if uh, you want to flip that coin, we got Andrew Wiggins on highway robbery and the Timberwolves drafted two point guards before Stephen Curry in that draft. Yeah. Well, I don't don't like the Warriors being one of those teams who, uh, has those regrets, right? I mean, Minnesota completely blew it that one draft, but to to answer your question real fast, because you brought up like, why is, why is, why is the questioning of Steve Kerr coming up now versus the past? I think one of the one of the biggest reasons why there's a lot more concern now is because Stephen Curry's window is closing. He's he turns 36 uh, in March, and he, you know he's not in his 20s anymore, right? Like like in those days, in the earlier days of the dynasty, you could afford to you know experiment. You could afford to be patient. Um, this is the end of Stephen Curry's career, at least in terms of his prime. Like he might play till 40 plus, who knows? But I don't know if you, you can expect Stephen Curry to play at this level. Uh, where he's as good as he's ever been, and, and for how who knows how much longer that's going to last. Um, so the patience game, at least for me, is correlated directly to Steph. Like I do not appreciate that Steph's narrowing window is not being taken advantage of and is not being respected. You see LeBron James and just how much the Lakers are working to surround him with as much talent as possible. That team had an incredible offseason. And then you look at the Warriors, and it's like this last offseason was, I thought was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. But the previous offseason was a disaster. The Warriors won the championship, and then 
their answer to that was, well, we got our three first rounders. We're just going to ride them. Oh, until 10 games in, we're going to change our mind on that and play two-way players. And, and so the, the whole chaos started last year. But so I, I think that's part of the reason why there is a, a shorter fuse from a lot of people in terms of um, giving the team a leash in, in regards to patience. Dude, Steph, dude, this Steph, this isn't going to last forever. And this might be one of the last chances Steph has to get that elusive fifth title, which will put him in a really unique category in terms of legacy. Um, but I also want to add to I've been I've called out Steve for years, man. I always I, when when I refer to that, I, I specifically I always think back to the 2018 Western Conference Finals. Um, I, I still cannot believe that the Warriors, and more specifically Steve Curry, handled the rotations. Why he just let uh, Javale McGee sit on the bench. And uh, let Clint Capella just grab to have those 15, 20 rebound a night games in that series that went seven games. I was going ape feces in that series, yelling at TVs and and calling whoever, you know, friends, media members I, I knew just really losing it because I did not understand why JaVale McGee was not getting minutes in that series. And so for me, the, the Steve Kerr's aversion to bigs, I started noticing it back in 2018. But in the current iteration of the Warriors, this is like the Warriors were never this small. Like the Warriors never embraced this like diminutive lineup. They have such a a, a, a narrow focus on the the you know Kerr's desire to have the spacing and, and diversity in terms of defense. That's really the biggest reason why he likes having these smaller players. Is they're fast, they're switch heavy. You basically are giving yourself a zone defense that's legal uh, when you have a, a five man unit out there like this because they can all just switch and stay in their zone and. Um, you know, but they were never this small. Like you look at all the other, the Warriors teams and they usually had like a traditional backup center. Um, they usually had a couple of bruising type players down low. I know 2022 was the exception. Uh, they got a little lucky, uh, in the sense, in my opinion, that the rest of the landscape just had no size of their own. Like you look at the, the, the conference finalists in 2022, the Miami heat, uh, Bam Adebayo is, was the only really legitimate big. He stands what six, nine. Uh, the Celtics, you know, had what uh, a Time Lord who was maybe six ten, Al Horford six nine. Um, you and, know, you, and a man restricted Robert Williams. Yeah, yeah, and and you had the Mavericks who really had nobody uh, that that fits that traditional center mold. So the Warriors just got away in a lot of in a lot of regards with not having to worry about size. And here we are, a year and a half, two years later, and the landscape has changed. The whole uh, the whole uh, paradigm of the NBA when it comes to rosters has changed. The average height. For an NBA player last year was six seven. It might be six eight now. I need to look that up again. And so this focus on size, I think, has grown a lot. Um, and so I think that's the reasoning for why I think there's a lot less patience now versus before. Is dude, this is the end of the road for Steph, and, and I just don't want to see him out there like just really not having the support that he, in my opinion, deserves in terms of getting that fifth championship. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you agree with that notion or no? Yeah, well, no, I appreciate you giving me that side of the perspective. And I think that for fans to have a little bit of a tighter leash and less patience, I mean, look, sports fans are always going to be so focused on whatever that present moment is that I think the, we've seen it on social media. That's just kind of become the personality of people that watch games, and that's okay. You know, you want the instant gratification. But I do think the where I would just push back on anybody with the, the Warriors don't do anything about it, well, Look at the offseason. Like, they did do something about it. They traded away a 20-point-per-game scorer who had his whole career ahead of him and was paramount to that fourth championship because he was a problem in the locker room and he was immature and he couldn't focus and play defense for a guy that was a grown-up 
who was 15 years older than him, but a grown-up. And Chris Paul, to Mike Dunleavy's credit, to Steve Kerr's credit, and to everybody that signed off on that plan, Chris Paul has been a good fit. Like, that is one of the positives looking into the season and one of the big reasons why I'm very much in no panic mode. I know he's small. I know he's older. And he is not hitting his shots right now, which we can get into with all the Mm -hmm. shooting struggles of everybody. I don't think Chris Paul is going to shoot 16% from three all season. I also don't think he has to shoot a lot of threes. I think he needs to be a big boy to run the second unit, get that crazy assist to turnover ratio, and be helpful to your Jonathan Kamingas and Moses Moody's and maybe your Clay Thompson's and other starting players that get thrown in with that second unit out there. And we've seen him be a huge part in this first, you know, especially in that six and two start and and when things were going really well. So that's one reason I feel really happy. Another reason is the rookies are getting minutes. Now, how much you want them to get minutes, where you want to see them play. That's kind of a person to person opinion variance. Wait, you're talking about the the, the, the literal rookies? Like, like the literal uh, rookies. Yeah. Trace Jackson Davis and Pajemski. They're not Um, getting minutes. They played like three games this year. What, What are you talking about? They're, I mean, compared to what we were seeing last year with best yeah. players getting minutes, I, yeah, I like fair. they're getting thrown in big spots. Trace Jackson Davis was a big part of that Nuggets game. Um, so I think like early in the season, that's something. And I guess what I would just say to that is both of those guys look like NBA ready players that can help the Warriors. And that is a really, really good sign. I know we'd all like to see more of them. I think we will, based on what Steph Curry said in the post game yesterday. I don't think that if Brandon Pajemski could do his eight points in one minute thing and Trace Jackson Davis can, you know, he he has a learning curve to do on the defensive end, but he is size and he's someone that's going to be helpful. I think we're going to see both of them play more. Like, I really do. I hope so. And the Warriors, I I just, look, I can't promise they're going to win on Wednesday, but I can say with 95 to 98% confidence, I think they will play better and much more focused. And if they play a really good game and they're making open shots that they create and they still get eaten alive by the Timberwolves and they have no match for the size, then that's another discussion. But they lost by six and they couldn't hit uh, – what's the what's the expression? You couldn't uh, – something about hitting the ocean on a boat. Um, <laughs> they couldn't make a thing for the life of them. And even Steph Curry, by his standard, kind of struggled shooting as well. So uh, I think if they just play normal, they win that game against a really good team. That's just kind of my perspective checking on it. Um, but yeah, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we will. We'll talk about all this and so much more because we got some data to show to show and reveal to a lot of you folks out there what lineups are working, what players are being effective. Um, and, and Rebel the Sounds, we are going to talk about the fact that Stephen Curry right now is listed on the injury report as questionable uh, for that second Timberwolves game, which changes everything. And I'm going to reveal why. I, I, you know, I'm in the minority a lot of times. I feel like when I when I broach new ideas, and then in hindsight, people go, "Oh, that's why you said that." I might be in the minority uh, who who says this might be a good thing for the Warriors because they're so damn reliant on Steph that it might be a good uh, self discovery type game where the, the team has to find themselves and and rely on themselves instead of just looking to you know Uncle Uncle Steph. Can you save us again tonight, right? I mean, that, that's not going to be there. The, scape, the scapegoat, the life raft will not be there. So it might be a good thing. We'll talk about that and so much more. Got to give some love, though, to eBay Motors. Let me find my graphic so I can, there we go, visually compliment the ad read. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. 
whether you're prepping for a daily draft, scouting the, the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. The five players that he has selected are Brandon Miller, Dylan, Dylan Brooks, is that, the whole Rockets thing is insane, uh, Bismack Biombo, who's back in the NBA, one of the players a lot of people have talked about, the Warriors uh, possibly being a good fit for him, but he's now, I believe, uh, with Memphis, uh, Denny Avdia and Jordan Hawkins. I'm going to go with Hawkins because this kid can shoot. Uh, I mean, the, the, he, the, the Hornets really scored, not the Hornets, the Pelicans really scored us uh, drafting this kid. He is a lights out three point shooter. So I'm going to go with him for fantasy. Uh, anybody that sticks out to you for fantasy of those five players, Greg, Brandon Miller, Dylan Brooks, Bismack Biombo, uh, Denny, Abdi, Deja, I, 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 I totally butcher his name a lot. And Jordan Hawkins, anyone stick out to you for who you would pick for fantasy basketball? No, I'm Team Hawkins right there with you. I think They're the guy made a big splash in March Madness as a national champion. And uh, Pelicans have a lot of potential. They got a lot of upside. Also have the potential to go completely far the other way. So I think uh -huh. having a guy like Hawkins, who did played at a high level in college, great fantasy basketball pick. Yeah, uh, Zion Williamson is already talking about whether or not uh, the, the Pelicans are a good fit. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's a really gnarly, uh, situation. Yeah, hey, there. warrior fans, we could be the Pelicans. We could be the Clippers. You know, I could keep naming some teams. All right. It's, it's going to be okay. But we keep naming them. What else? Who else? Who else could the Warriors be? Uh, the Grizzlies. Well, okay. with the suspended best player and no Steven Adams. Who's their biggest difference maker. Um, let's see. Those are definitely the big three oh, that stop. come to mind. Oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, uh, yeah, Josh, yeah. Lloyd, Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you with your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. And, and look, that's what eBay Motors is really all about, is finding parts uh, for the lowest prices uh, that, that are high quality, right? Um, like my, my Toyota Tacoma, when it comes to parts for that truck, I'm all about eBay Motors, and you should be too. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, uh, whether it's brake kits, LED headlights, a roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit uh, your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every dayers, we're back at it tomorrow. It's the second game of the in-season tournament for the Golden State Warriors. You heard Greg mention it just a moment ago. They're back at it against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Kyla Mills will join me for that post-game show. So tune in, and let's really hope the Warriors snap that three-game skid that they're enduring right now. You can follow Greg Silver on threads at Greg Oh Silver. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on threads at Dog Wild. And Greg, let me know, please, if you see anything in the in the chat section uh, that does warrant uh, us uh, uh, going to it, uh, if it's interesting. I want to read it. 
Um, look, the, the, the focus of a lot of discussion has been uh, Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins, right? And look, neither player is is playing up to par. I don't think there's any debating that. I don't think there's any disputing that. Um, when you look at both the players, statistically speaking, they are struggling. Uh, you know, Clay Thompson, his scoring average is well below his career mark. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I don't know if there's any measurable uh, that looks good <laughs> from him. It's just it's just bad across the board. Uh, there's some people on the social media tip who are, are trying to uh, make a defense for Wiggins by saying, well, you know, he suffered that rib injury uh, way back against the Lakers. I think LeBron elbowed him. Um, and then maybe that's affecting him. If that's true, he shouldn't be playing. I, I, I mean, if there's truth to that, he, then I, why is he out there? I mean, what, I mean, he's literally dragging the team down with his performances. What are your thoughts on this, man? Like, I'm ready. And this is, this is I think, where uh, Steve Kerr has been getting that criticism, like you talked about, where he, he seems very stuck in his ways, right? He's a bit rigid when it comes to substitutions. In fact, real quick, I want to play this soundbite. Um, this was from uh, yesterday's postgame. And then I'll, and I'll lead to you, Greg. But this is a, a Kerr talking about um, the fact that a lot of people would like to see those rookies you talked about, Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis, get some run. And a reporter asked Kerr this yesterday. Let's hear what Kerr has to say. What happened at the end with just your young guys, really kind of for a second straight night coming in and making it interesting, uh, does that make you reassess at all, maybe like playing time a little bit moving forward, like maybe trying to – into some of those guys we've seen that brandon and trace are ready to contribute we saw it in the training camp like these guys are uh they're they're ready and so we have to make the decision um you know if we want to um get them out there more and um i'd love to it's um it's tricky because we've got um a lot of people we're already playing 10 even without those guys and and i like everybody that that i'm playing um but you know, if if we struggle, then we got to get guys out there who are going to give us a spark, and and we know they're both capable. So um, it's great hearing that. Uh, it's weird, and this is, I guess, where I get frustrated. Greg is I, I don't like like the the language where he goes. Well, I have my ten guys, and I don't know how we're going to fit them. I, it's not rocket science to figure out how to find basketball players minutes. Uh, he said he's happy with his guys. There's quite a few of them who are struggling mightily. We've talked about Clay. We've talked about Wiggins. Um, I don't think it's complicated to to find minutes for Pajemski and, and Trace Jackson Davis. Um, you could easily get those minutes from Wiggins and Clay. What are your thoughts, man? Like, why do you think Wiggins and Clay are still getting extensive minutes considering their production? What are your thoughts on all that? All right. Well, first thing is, I just want to give some love to I have no enemies in the chat. Uh, I don't. I don't like to go into most things with a fighting attitude. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're very welcome on the show every time. So. Thank you for your positive energy. Uh, number two, the boomer is vibes. That Steve <laughs> Chris is something. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, number two is that I sent this sound to you. I think at the end of the road trip, which was a really interesting insight from Steve Kerr saying, "Yeah, we haven't really gotten to practice being on the road for two weeks, so they have all these new faces. They have two rookies that they like, and now this is kind of the first chance they've had to go home and really like figure some things out and plug some things away." I think just knowing that fact and just the travel schedule of the NBA gives me more optimism and a little bit more patience as annoying as these last two games were to watch and expecting a little bit better. The third thing, and I'm really glad that we're talking about this on the show because I've kind of said since the beginning of the season that 
the clay discussion and the Wiggins discussion, they get looped in together a lot mm-hmm. because they're two starters. They're two champions. They've been big parts of the dynasty at some point or another, but they're very different discussions. Andrew Wiggins is 28 years old. He has a seven foot wingspan. He has not had two major injuries back to back and had to go through that rehab. And he's a defense first player. Like he will be defined by his defense more than his offense. Clay Thompson is 33 years old. His contract is expiring. He has a six foot nine wingspan. He did have two major injuries. He's not moving as well. And he's probably an offense first player at this stage in his career. So it's two very different things. I think Wiggins deserves a harder time because the expectations for him should be greater at this point. I think if I could entertain moving one to the bench or spending more time in the second unit, 100% Clay Thompson. Here's why. He's not shooting as well. He's not moving as well. I think if he can get past any of the self-esteem part of it, and I'm not saying that like in a way to be mean or like, Clay, you're being soft. He's got a lot of pride and he worked really hard to get back. And it's probably frustrating for him to be scoring 30 points in game six of the NBA finals. And then the next thing you know, you don't play for 941 days and you got to work your way back to that. And you're older. So playing with a guy like Chris Paul, who can get him looks and isn't a shoot first point guard, I think could be really good for him. Now Wiggins, it's been very frustrating but you got to keep him in there longer. Greg, can oh, I put you, you on? You can, I, can we uh, can we continue your thought in just a moment? Because uh, I did not see the clock, and I have to give another advertiser some love. Would you mind if we? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go back. We'll continue that in just a moment. Don't no, you have to go back? <laughs> just 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 uh, just pick up where you left off. I did not see where we are. I apologize. I got to give some love real fast here to Ibotta, which is all about shopping. Greg, you know the holidays are just around the corner. We got chaos ensuing there in terms of money spent, gift ideas. And why not get some money back for the money you're spending? Thanksgiving is just around the corner. I bought us here to give you cash and help help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Who wants turkey without the gravy, right? That's an incomplete picture there. Turkey's great, but you need all the side dishes to make it complete. And that takes money. If you use Ibotta to shop for all your Thanksgiving goodies, you get cash back in the process. That's what Ibotta does for you. And starting November 1st, which is uh, nearly a couple weeks ago, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do again is shop at your favorite retailers and upload the receipt and you get money back. It's that simple. Download the Ibotta app right now and use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting now, it started two weeks ago. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's Ibotta in the Google app, uh, Google Play or App Store. And make sure you use the code LOCKED. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Greg, continue on with your thoughts, sir. If you don't mind. Sorry, I didn't cut, yeah, start no, to cut you off there. Hey, I know I talk a lot, so uh, no, you're fine. no you're problem fine. at all. You're but good. You're good. <laughs> I think I was uh, on the Andrew Wiggins subject, and he should have greater expectations. I also think he needs to stay starting. 11 games isn't the biggest sample size, 
to be fair, it's also not the smallest at this point. Like we've been playing for a couple weeks now, and he has had a very slow start. I think a lot of effort is there with Wiggins. I think he's slashing nicely. I think he's getting some offensive boards. He's shooting it very poorly. The free throws are a problem. And defensively, he hasn't been the best. I know you had some good stats on him when he defended Anthony Edwards, which were actually rather optimistic. But yeah, well, it just adds that great. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, real fast. Go, go. I was just going to say, I think Wiggins is very much uh, a central and important piece to this team. And you got to give him a little bit of a longer leash. If it's Christmas and he hasn't picked it up, that's going to be a big problem. But for the most part, he's a guy that can score 18 to 20 points by not making big splashes. And we saw that a lot in his first full year with the Warriors. If he can be a really, really solid defender and just be a team player on offense and take shots with confidence when he needs to, I think that can go a really long way in fixing the problems. But right now he's bad and he can't be bad. He can be pretty good. He can be decent for the most part, but we can't have him really struggle like this. Yeah. So that is cause for concern. Yeah. And I just wish, and this is where the criticism, at least from my perspective comes from is, is I do wish Kerr would put a little emotion aside because I don't understand otherwise what the justification is to continue starting Wiggins and giving him the run he's getting. I like Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich to me, uh, you know, bring it up other all-time legendary coaches as a comparison, they would not tolerate this. Like Wiggins would be on the bench by now. And, you know, wh- whatever is going, I-, I just wish I knew what was going on with him. This is a huge mystery because like you said, he's only 28. Uh, he doesn't turn 29 till next year. I-, I forgot what his birthday is, but um, yeah, it's just, cr- it's crazy what's going on with Wiggins. But, but you brought up defense. That's one of the few stats, uh, you know, it- it's really hard to measure a player defensively, right? Defensive rating is one of the, most worthless statistics out there. It does not in any way accurately paint the picture for uh, a defender. To put it in perspective, I think last year, the number two uh, defensive rated player uh, from guards uh, was Stephen Curry. I love Steph. I think he's a good defender. He's not. He wasn't the second best guard in the entire NBA last year. So a <laughs> defensive rating is, is a little sketchy to me. But the stat you can pull up is individual matchups. And this is where Wiggins has had mixed results. Like, for example, uh, we talked, you, you brought up Anthony Edwards, right? Uh, in the game last night, Andrew Wiggins uh, defended him for seven minutes. And in those seven minutes, Anthony Edwards did have uh, four assists, but he also, uh, uh, Wiggins forced two turnovers on him. And Anthony Edwards shot just two for six from the field. He was also 0 for three from beyond the arc. So Wiggins did a good job there. I mean, now now the only, the one downside is, he also fouled him uh, twice, and so Anthony Edwards got two uh, trips to the to the charity stripe because of that. But and then there's a few other players here. Like I don't know if there's any player that that you want to focus on specifically. Like De'Aaron Fox, for example, ate up Wiggins. Like De'Aaron Fox, uh, when they played the Kings this year, um, in four minutes and ten seconds of play, scored ten points on him. Uh, was four for eight from the field on him, um, and also had uh, two trips to the line as well. So I get it depends on that the player, like. Uh, and I'm I'm very pro Fox. He's he is great. Oh, he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Davion Mitchell, right? Uh, uh, it's going back to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Wait, is Davion? No, D- Donovan is with the Cavaliers, right? Davion's Kings. I apologize. Yes. Don- yes. So Donovan Mitchell. Uh, the Warriors have played the Cavaliers twice. Uh, Wiggins guarded Donovan Mitchell uh, for nine minutes seventeen seconds. And in those nine minutes and change, Mitchell was four for 11 from the field, was one for four from beyond the arc, 
uh, scored nine points total. That's okay. I mean, Don, Donovan Mitchell is a great player. So statistically, Wiggins, even though they, on the in, in terms of the eye test, uh, I don't know if he's passing. Um, you know, he's he looks like players are blown by. But when you look at the individual matchups, he's holding his own. He's doing okay. Uh, is there anyone in terms of Clay Thompson that you that you want me to look up? Because th that's part of the reason why these two players are linked together so much is they're both interchangeable wings. Like they're vitally important for the Warriors defensively. Um, so if they're not vibing, and they also are second and fourth on the team in terms of minutes too. Like Clay is the second highest minutes. Uh, Chris Paul is third. And then Wiggins is fourth, um, but it, like like the same Donovan Mitchell, who who Wiggins had a decent did a decent job on when Clay guarded Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell was six for eight from the field. He was three for four from three. Scored nineteen points on him in less than five minutes. So Donovan Mitchell had his lunch and then some when he was guarded by Clay Thompson. Um, and again, if if anyone has any individual stats they want me to look up for these players, I'll happily do so. But um, yeah, their defense, it's you need that from them. And and if it's not happening, it's it's a problem. It's a huge problem. Well, um, and in, in the entirety of the dynasty, it really has started with their defense. And that's kind of always what's gotten lost in the discussion. Agreed. And Steph Curry said it last night in the postseason. He's like, I think to get good open looks, we need our defense to translate our offense. Agreed. And it's really all connected. And so the struggles of the defense have made it hard on offense and Steph Curry being so ridiculously great that he is can get a shot off and make really, really what would be typically low percentage shots for anybody. Uh, he can do it, but the others aren't necessarily uh, gifted by God like that. And so um, I think that's a big point of, uh, of contention moving forward. And I'm glad you bring that up in the discussion. <laughs> Absolutely. The chat is on fire. We got to wrap up the show here. We're running out of time. I just want to quickly mention, um, a lot of people have been, have been talking about Steph needing help from a second scorer. Uh, maybe there's truth to that. We, we covered all season all summer long, how when the Warriors were wheeling and dealing, they, they made the trade for Chris Paul. The concern, at least for, on this show for me was who's the second scorer. Um, the good news is the Warriors are 11th in terms of points per game. They're not struggling offensively. Uh, I, I'm of the notion, and I think you are as well, that defense creates offense. And if they if they improve defensively, the offense will come. But I want to mention real fast before we go, the, of the lineups that are most effective in terms of plus minus, in terms of net rating, the most effective lineup right now uh, is Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Dario Saric, Gary Payne II, and Jonathan Kaminga. They're a plus 15. And then right behind them, uh, in second in those lineups, is Chris Paul, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Dario Saric, and Jonathan Kaminga. In fact, Kaminga's in three of the top four lineups. Chris Paul is in all four lineups. Steph is in two of those four lineups. So take that for what you will. Uh, we got to go, though, man. Greg, always a pleasure, brother. Love you. And we'll be back at this soon. Thanks, everyone. Let's hope the Warriors win tomorrow. We out. Bye-bye. Go Dubs. <laughs> Thank you all in the chat. You're awesome.